I touch the walls in my office before I get started for the day for calling on the indigenous folks of the land, the Lenape to take care of us and my ancestors and any ancestors who are there for freedom for folks. Welcome to African Goddess Initiation Summerfest 2021. <laughs> yes, I am your host, Aviola Abram. And we are, of course, celebrating the launch of my new book, African Goddess Initiation, Sacred Rituals for Self-Love, Prosperity, and Joy. The goddess that we are honoring today, besides the goddess we're talking to today, and I can't wait for you to meet her, but the goddess that we are honoring today is actually quite special. This is goddess Sachi, who you may know as the Venus Hottentot the Venus Hottentot and her original name was Sachi and we have reclaimed her as an ancestor we have reclaimed her divinity and so today is dedicated to her in that spirit and in that light, we have a light bringer, a light worker, a showstopper who is with us today. <laughs> My sister, Goddess Onika Mays. Welcome, uh, Goddess Onika. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to be in space with you and everyone today. I have been so looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to chatting with you too. Let me tell the people all about you and all the magic that you make in the world, sis. So Onika May, let me brag on my sister for a minute. <laughs> Onika Mays transitioned to yoga and meditation from a 20-year career in corporate retail leadership over 10 years ago. Onika used that experience to support social justice nonprofits and teach meditation and yoga inside jails. Today, she is the first mindfulness coach at Rikers Island Correctional Facility. At Rikers, she works one-on-one -on -one with community members in a therapeutic medical setting. She believes that our justice system needs to focus on transformation and restoration rather than punishment. She believes that meditation, movement, and mindfulness practices can forge a path to freedom. Ashe says, thank you for the work that you do and how you show up in the world. How did you get started on this path? Yeah, you know, it's, it was kind of a winding road. I, I had this really lovely career. I spent the bulk of my career um, before doing meditation and yoga, um, selling books. And I was in the book world for a really long time. And while it was going really well. I, I got, I, I sort of left and was wooed away to two other companies. And I found myself really unhappy inside, even though I had like the trappings that looked like success and should, and I won't say even should have felt like success, but I think what I thought success should look and feel like, but I felt really bankrupt inside um, and found myself uh, back on my yoga mat. And 
it all kind of just fell apart. I was really empty inside. And I think it was started uh, through the death of someone who I was really close with and he was killed in Iraq. And I re I reevaluated and I realized that, hey, this time in this body is short and I need to do the things that are really gonna spark joy in my soul. So I became a yoga teacher and I was blessed to be able to teach so many classes right away and knew that I wanted to give that back. Yoga and meditation transformed my life and I thought that these practices should be shared. And in a conversation with my cousin, actually, she said, you know, why don't you think about teaching in jail? And I had never thought about it, and it seemed kind of the furthest thing away from my world, even though I kind of come from a family who was very politically active and some activists in my family. And I went. And after my first day going to Rikers, it, I knew I belonged there. I, I knew, and it, it may sound strange to say that I, I felt at home being inside. Um, but when I started doing that work, I knew I would never turn back. And I volunteered for many years. And then about two years ago, I was asked to be part of a pilot program in the women's facility on Rikers Island in New York City. And I have been doing that for almost three years now, um, full time, working with folks one on one. And it's been um, it's been quite a journey. Yeah. Wow. This is phenomenal work that you are doing. Thank you, sis. I have to share with you that, you know, maybe maybe about 10 or even 15 years ago, mm -hmm. a nonprofit organization contacted me and they were trying to bring mindfulness services to Rikers and the New York City mm -hmm. prison system. And it was near impossible that at that point they ended yeah. up giving up. Yep. So I know that the road that you're walking, that this is not a smooth sailing, easy yeah. road. How, what have been some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome in making this happen? Yeah, a lot of the hurdles, I think, just exist with the structure of jail itself. It's, it's like the, the system of punishment and incarceration is, is like this living, breathing being that is oppressive from, from just the fact that Rikers Island is an island and it's far away. So you have folks who are far away from family and who are isolated to the people who work in the facility, some who really uphold oppression, some who are um, really just trying to do the right thing, but because oppression exists, it, it's very hard to find ways to hold space and an environment that is violent physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, the work, the, the hard work isn't with the folks that I work with. That's actually the easy part, even though the work that I hold can be really heavy and sad and tragic and also full of joy and laughter too. It's not all kind of doom and gloom, but I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle is around the system itself, how I find myself having to navigate, um, this idea that I can't always fully express myself in things that I'd wanna say because of the impact that it could have on the folks that I work with, whether it's wanting to speak up and sort of even yell at an officer sometimes, but if something seems like it's not right, that could have an impact on someone. It's dealing with the frustration that, that I see with folks when 
cases are stalled, particularly during COVID when courts were shut down and all of these mothers who haven't been able to like see their children in person, those kinds of things are the, are the things that I really need to navigate. Um, I thought initially it was only going to be with the officers, like that would be the big thing because there isn't somebody who does what, what I do for a living in there. Um, but, but the reality is um, I see so many officers who are like, what are you gonna do this for us? We need, we need this work. And it's so true and they do. Um, and I keep telling them, talk to your captain, talk to your deputies because I am absolutely happy to do this for anybody who's interested. Wow, I am happy to hear that the officers are interested too. I, about maybe eight years or so ago, or maybe even a little longer, I visited a young family member who was in, in Rikers Island, at Rikers Island. He was there for about six months. He had just turned 18. And thankfully, thank God, his, his life uh, since then has you know been um, on a, a path of well-being. But one of the things that struck me at that time was the way that, you know, my sister and I, we went together and we felt like prisoners, you know, and, and the word prisoner, I know is a word that, you know, that you purposefully steer away from. It's not conscious language, you know, the word incarcerated people is what you prefer because it's much more humanizing language, but we felt in coming into the system, like we were doing something wrong by trying to care for our family member. And yeah. even certain books that we sent him were sent back and yeah. or that kind of thing. The, can you talk about, you, you, you alluded to the oppressive nature of the system itself. Um, can you talk a, a bit more about the experience of yeah. you going physically into yeah. the system in order to help and heal? Yeah, so I'll even take you on kind of my journey that I go through every day. Getting to the island itself, I take, you know, two trains and then I take a bus that takes me across the bridge to Rikers Island. And, you know, it's, it's a powerful experience because you cross this bridge and every single time I go across the bridge, I can't help but think of the students that I work with and how they must have felt being on a bus, handcuffed to a bus, going across the bridge, not knowing what, what awaits them on the other side. And you have to imagine that you're across this bridge and to the right of you is a LaGuardia airport. So you literally have people taking off, flying away. And then you have the jail that's kind of over to the left. And then from there, I have to go through this first main gate. And then there's several bus lines that take you to the different facilities. So then I have to hop on a different bus that actually takes me to the jail where I work where then I have to go through another security checkpoint and then take a long walk to, to the clinic where I work, where my office is. And, you know, on the, on the best of days, you know, I'm, I'm saying prayers and sending out blessings to everybody that I see for, for peace mm -hmm. and for, for really freedom and joy and liberation for everybody that I pass. Um, but on the, on the worst of days, you know, if you get an officer who's not in a great mood, um, it becomes, it, it just becomes very challenging because our incarceration system is really based on, on punishment. So there's always a lot of judgment. It's always this, per, everybody's wrong. 
No one's right. Only the, only the system is right and everybody else is wrong. So I'm confronted with this judgment really every single day. And you know, we know with mindfulness and yoga and meditation and our ancestral practices, it's about this idea of being able to hold space and find this sense of tenderness, which in that environment can feel like an impossible task. And yet I feel like every single day, it, it's, it's my duty and my calling to make sure that I see it. I bring my ancestors with me every single day down the halls, touching everybody. I touch the walls in my office before I get started for the day for calling on the indigenous folks of the land, the Lenape to take care of us and my ancestors and any ancestors who are there for freedom for folks, um, just to make sure that the day feels safe. And then I have folks who come see me. They, so they come see me like once a week or every other week to my office. And sometimes we talk, sometimes we do yoga because I'm a yoga teacher as well. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's just sitting in silence and not doing meditation, but it's just my, my office is sort of a place just to relax. Um, I have a lot of people say, officers and folks who are incarcerated, like, it feels different in here. The space feels different in here. I'm like, yeah, because this space is protected, baby. <laughs> yes, because it is different in we're, here. We're good, we're, we're good in here. And, and it's as safe as I can keep it, right? Like, because I, I'm not in control. So it's this sense of I have to turn myself over every single day, you know, my, my body every single day when I'm in that environment. And it's, it's, it's challenging. It, it is very challenging. What do you do, sis, for your personal grounding and your personal well-being and, and clearing to keep you, you know, healing yeah. the healer yeah. is, is a very important thing. How do, how do, you, how do you heal and clear and, and, and maintain your, your own well-being? It can vary day to day. Every single day, though, before I come home, I sit in this park. I live in Brooklyn, so I sit in a park before I actually walk in, and it allows me to release, and I clear the energy off of me before I sort of walk home, because I don't want to bring that home. Some days it's hard, and it's still kind of with me when I walk inside. Um, I perform ceremony all of the time meditation, yoga, dance, sometimes just plain old yelling and screaming to get it out. Um, but it can vary depending upon what the issue is. Sometimes I physically feel it in my body. So I, I will focus energy work on a particular area of my body if I feel like it has to come out there. Um, sometimes I'm shaking it off. I'm always really sure too, after I work with folks that I'm clearing energy yeah. off me and offering yeah. it back to the ground. I even make offerings to the ground at Rikers before I go in sometimes too, mm -hmm. so, that, so the land is protected as well. It's beautiful and yeah. very powerful. And I will share with you one of the practices uh, that my my folks do in Guyana, mm -hmm. um, where my family's from, you know, we hit the ground, like physically like hit the earth after you've done some kind of healing work. So even like with massage or any kind of laying on of hands, but also energetic work, just physically like hit the earth and, you know, putting it back, giving it to the earth, giving yes. the charge. Yes, back oh, to the- Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I do a practice that, um, an energetic practice where I pull up an energetic shield mm -hmm. around me. And I got this from a friend of mine. And I say through this field, only love can enter. And within mm -hmm. this field, only love remains. And I've shared that practice with just about everybody that I work with. So uh -huh. 
when they're walking down the hallways as well, that they are safe and they are protected. And, and it's, that's been very, that's been very powerful. When I first started working there full time, it was a really big shift, right? I went in once a week and clearing once a week is pretty easy. Right. Every single day is a whole different ball game and being there for eight hours a day. It's a very sort of different sense of energy that I was sort of leaving with. And I realized that I felt like I was getting some hostility um, from officers who I didn't even know, but I, I couldn't figure out why, but I realized that I, I was projecting out very protective energy. And I was talking to some friends of mine who were healers and they were like, yeah, you have to pr protect yourself and almost energetically make yourself invisible so you can move through that violent atmosphere you know, without being noticed, but still sending love out to people. And that was a really, really helpful practice to do that. I so get that. I think in the book, I actually, I'm smiling because I think in the book I share doing an invisibility yeah. uh, process. And I was talking about like just walking through the streets of Harlem. <laughs> yeah. Much less, you know, so um, my, my beautiful community. I hope that you do get to work with the officers because as you said that it's you know it's a whole it's the system it's a whole mm -hmm. system what is the reaction of the incarcerated humans who are getting the beautiful benefit of sharing space with you in this way you know it's funny a lot of folks believe it or not I'm Sorry, I'm really super sweaty. It's like really hot out in Brooklyn today. I'm in New York. We got today is we got. So a lot of folks have actually done meditation before. Mm. So you'd be yeah. Um, there's people who you know have practiced at yoga studios where I practiced that before. So I, I it, the the range really varies. People who have experience, and then people who are brand new. But um, for a lot, and I work mostly with women. Um, I do work with some trans men as well who are housed in the facility where I work and I work with trans women as well. Um, a, what a lot of people say is I've never taken time for myself before. I hear that from a lot of caregivers, right? A lot of people who are taking care of children that I didn't realize I wasn't doing this and how powerful it is just to exhale. Um, and that's been really transformed. That's, that I think is really powerful and transformative um, to, to just see people like shoulders relax. And I, I, a lot of folks talk to me about sleep issues that are happening um, and just the stress of being incarcerated. It's a stressful, traumatic experience, right? And so norm, I normalize, like it's perfectly reasonable that you are stressed and not sleeping because we people do not belong in cages. So of course you are stressed out and don't think that there's something wrong with you because you're having this reaction to being caged. So hearing that you can see people relax and sometimes it's just like a hardcore yoga class. Like I have some folks who are, I just do straight asana and we just like kick it, handstands against the wall, headstands, like whooping it up. Um, and some people just wanna like roll around on the floor. So it can really vary, um, but, but folks love it. I'm kind of backed up. Like I have a waiting list right now of about 20 people um, because people are so excited to sign up, which is incredible. And I do wanna to mention too, I also am part of a wellness team and I work with an unbelievable acupuncturist um, and a wellness coach. So the three of us were like a triple threat inside that building, you know, share and healing wherever we can. So it's, it's, I feel really blessed to be able to work. They're, they're beautiful souls. 
Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to switch it up a little bit and talk about Lost Resort, <laughs> which is a TV show. That you were a part of and hopefully are still a part of. And it was wonderful to see your brown face up there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then my sister and I started sending angry tweets saying, why aren't we seeing her more? We need to see her. Uh, <laughs> Can you share about what that show is for people who may be unfamiliar with it? Yes. Yeah, so Lost Resort, you can catch on HBO Max right now. It's streaming. And it was a docu-series that was recorded in Costa Rica. We were there for three weeks, co-facilitating a retreat. Um, there were five healers. And there were eight guests who were looking to transform their lives and sort of begin the healing process um, from a particular trauma. And I was the mindfulness expert who was there. And it was an incredible life-changing experience. Um, we did all kinds of different rituals. We did a sweat lodge ceremony. We did cacao. We did kava. Um, we did a rage ceremony, which was really powerful. And it was really incredible to share space with some, with some beautiful human beings who were really earnestly looking to shift their lives. And it was all recorded. Um, and a lot of people ask, you know, what was it real or was it like reality TV? And it was very real. Like there wasn't interference from the producers or the crew. They were really kind of just flies on the wall as, as we were doing you know, as we were doing this retreat and it was, they were long days. I mean, the days were like anywhere between 12 and 14 hours long. Um, and yeah, it was really intense and it, you know, it was, we were there for three weeks. So it was, it was a long time. Um, but it was an unbelievably powerful experience. I had a lot of people, um, in my DM saying like, why aren't we seeing you more? And I think, you know, I think the reason is you shoot what you shoot. Right. And, and then when, when the edit happens, they want to create like some storylines and some drama. And, and I didn't bring a lot of that. I didn't bring a lot of drama. I was kind of just there like loving up on people. So I don't know if, if that was the most interesting thing for people to see. Um, but it was just a wonderful, a wonderful experience. We don't know if there's a season two yet. We haven't heard, but um, fingers crossed that we get to do that again. Fingers crossed that you do because three weeks, for 12 hours a day actually is an incredibly long time. I, yeah. when I lead retreats, they're usually under seven days uh -huh. and I'm careful to make sure that the days are six to eight hours max. Eight yeah. hours is a very long day. So to hold space again for yeah. all of that time, again, I just want to just remind and encourage you hold space for the space holder, because yeah. I see you and how you show up in the world. Yeah. You are this big, brilliant, beautiful light. And I want to make sure that you are receiving and being uh, loved up on as much as you put out into the world. Thank you. My beautiful sister. Thank so you. please let folks know how they can connect with you and what you yes. have going on. So um, you can connect with me on Instagram on Onika Mays. Uh, my website is onikamaze.com. 
And I am uh, co-hosting a conference on spiritual citizenship from July 13th until July 18th with Embodied Philosophy. And we're talking about spirit, how to be a, a good spiritual citizen. What does it mean? What is spiritual citizenship? What does it mean? How can we engage in the world in a meaningful way? And how can our practice help us show up in the world meaningfully? We'll be talking about the environment. We'll be talking about social justice. We'll be talking about... Um, LGBTQ, we'll be talking about all sorts of things. And on July 16th, I am honored and blessed to be um, interviewing Dr. Cornell West, um, who was our keynote speaker. I know, I know, sis, when I heard that, I like fell, I fell on the floor. So the conference is free and it's over five days, 30 speakers and the lineup is Fire. It is unbelievable the lineup of people that we have. So come join, come share space with us. It's going to be really a really incredible experience. Um, and if you're looking to sit and sort of engage in your own healing on Mondays at 7 p.m., I do meditation on Zoom. So you can find that link in my bio on Instagram and connect with me that way as well. Oh, that's beautiful. And the, the conference, they can get that link also by connecting they can with get you. that link with connecting. Yep, on my Instagram. Oh. oh, that sounds great. All of it. I look forward to checking it out myself. And it just struck me that this is the first time that we are seeing each other face to face. And I want to thank you for your beautiful testimonial that you wrote for the book. I believe that they were able to put it into the book. Yes, it is there. There's your name. <laughs> thank you. Thank you much for that sis i appreciate you oh thank you i appreciate you for for this offering i it's it's beautiful it's beautiful and necessary timely and absolutely inspirational so thank you thank you and i look forward to us connecting in person soon i will check out everything you're doing over the summer and for you who are watching please definitely check out everything that goddess onika has going on follow her on instagram the same safe space that she talks about creating at work and you feel like oh it's different here you can step into that room with her energetically on her instagram profile like Ooh, it's different here. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for watching. And I will see you in the next African Goddess Initiation Circle. Sawubona. That means we see you. Bye.